0: of your word, for understanding that comes with your holy Word. We bless you and we thank you, Father, for this day. You've made it for us to rejoice and be glad in, and you've set aside time to be with us today so that we might receive the ingrafted Word which is able to save our souls. And we thank you for that opportunity, Father. We want to make the most of it, in Jesus' name, Amen. Praise God, Amen. Praise God. So today we're going to talk about um, uh, the uh, the world is ripe to harvest. The world is ripe to harvest, man. The world is ripe to harvest. <clears throat> Many times the enemy will try to make us think, you know, people don't want God, and they don't want uh, they don't want to come to church. They don't want to want anything spiritual they just want foolish frivolous things and that may be true to a degree but people always have a need for God Uh, I think that need really has to be uh, revealed to them and kind of exposed to them in some way Uh, usually it's done by the preaching of the gospel Um, oftentimes people are not really wanting to hear from God or think they don't they don't know that they need God they're not so aware of it at certain times maybe as they are at others the the, uh, uh, need for God may not be so acute in their lives Uh, oftentimes people when they come to a crisis they already have uh, a um, kind of like a predetermined program to meet that crisis you know there's usually some human that they're going to ask for help or they're going to you know if they're not well they go to the doctor if they need money they'll look up who they can borrow from or something like that so people do tend to have already in their minds answers to most problems the spiritual problems, though, are are a little less obvious to people. Are a little less obvious, and so Jesus told the church how to make the world aware of their need for Him, and that's in Mark chapter sixteen. It starts in verse fifteen. It says that afterwards, verse fourteen, He'd appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and He upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart and the Lord is always going to do that to us when we can do better when we can't do better he'll help our unbelief you know he's he's like that God God likes to to pull the best out of people he's that kind of God he's not like you know a a parent that doesn't believe their kid can do much you know, and wants to um, wallow in self-pity with them, or smooth them over because they made a mistake, or they hurt themselves, or something like that. Uh, God wants to make sure that we live life to the full. We have a potential as overcomers, all of us do, and He wants to bring out the best in us. And so when he upbraids them for their hardness of heart, that means that they have the ability to believe, but they don't. And this is central and key to our successful preaching of the gospel so this upbraiding for unbelief and hardness of heart really is a prelude to what he's going to tell them afterwards and so there is a key for us in where we find sometimes that we're not uh, say for instance you feel like you should be this is how Christians always get a clue that, that uh, God wants them to do something more with their time than just goof around we should be witnessing we should be doing this we should be increasing kingdom we should be inviting people to church we should be should be and what has happened generally when we get to that point and we start beating ourselves up the shoulds are always your your carnal man trying to punish you for what you don't do that you know you're supposed to do i should do this and so and like that is going to get it done but it doesn't but when your mind starts moving like that is because something has happened on the inside of you that has uh, quieted down the alertness that your spirit has to the things of God see you've drifted off from that spiritual uh, desire or that's that's stirring in your spirit when you hear the word of God and you're gung ho and you're ready and you know what you gotta do and, and God use me and and you know, no no bones about it. Something has happened to quiet that down and and you drift drifted off into hardness of heart is what it really is, is that your heart is not being moved with compassion toward people who don't know God. Many times we don't even want to face the fact that people do go to hell, and God has sent us to stop that. See? Many of the, and I believe it's done most effectively by individual believers being led by the Holy Spirit because your relationship with God compels you to let Him use you in that way. It's more, it's more done on a one-on-one, I believe. And it's done very effectively that way. Because that's the way that Jesus ordained it from the beginning. And so this unbelief... I just don't believe people really want God. Look at how how much they sin and look at how much they, see that's where you're not believing that the fields are ripe to harvest like Jesus said. There's always somebody who will listen to the gospel message. There's always somebody. Now they might stiffen and and make you feel stupid for telling them. But their ears are attentive. Their ears on the inside are attentive to what God has put on your heart. He's not telling you to witness to people for nothing. You got me it's not just a game and it's not something that's that's a fruitless work it is a work that will yield much fruit if we are faithful doing it and sometimes you just have to keep doing it by faith without a whole lot of harvest and a whole lot of harvest until God sees that you're going to do it consistently and then he'll send some harvest to encourage you to keep going you got me and so we we need to understand these principles and we need to understand these things because this is our life work as believers this is all we're called to do folks i mean i I appreciate that uh, we have uh, families we have friends we have social outlets we have all these things but really to be honest with you your life's work is here this is the most important work you're ever going to do in your life and so everybody can be involved in it and everybody can be successful at it so he appeared to them and that right before he, uh, he sends them on the Great Commission, he really kind of tells them what to look out for so that you can do what I'm telling you to do. He said, now don't take the same attitude that I've been seeing you guys display here into the work of the ministry that I'm setting you into. You can't take that there. And he says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Most people stop with verse 15. They go and they share what they know about the Lord or they give their testimony. Or I remember uh, when uh, uh, people who are in traditional churches, they would never tell you how to be born again, but they'd invite you to church this is the level of ignorance that there were in some churches you know so when you went to church you didn't know why you were there you weren't saved you just sat there and you felt condemned because you know you you got convicted for your sin but never nobody ever told you how to get out of that thing and so we we've all lived like that you go for a while you don't know why you're there you go because you you know you're a bad person and you need to do you need to spend some time with God or you need to get that guilt off of you and so uh, many, many denominations are, are church-bound people and not word-preaching people, if I can put it that way. They will corral people in, and, and you see it in, in uh, non-denominational circles too. The seeker-friendly services. They're really corralling people. Now it's it's... <clears throat> It used to be where you got invited to a dead church and you got beat up. Now you get invited to a dead church. It's kind of fun. You know, they have uh, plays that come on the stage and they have, uh, you know, popcorn, a concession stand in the back. And, and I mean, seriously, all of that stuff playing to the carnal side of people instead of putting their people to work in prayer so that those hearts can be. Ripened and our hearts can be softened to hear the gospel message so that when people come in they'll be willing and able to hear it and receive and so uh, many times we're, uh, that's as far as they go is to verse 15 they go into all the world gathering people up preaching and telling something that they know about God and it varies it depends on what that person has knowledge wise as to what you're you're being saved into and that's why it's so important to have knowledge of the scriptures to be as prepare yourself as a believer as best you can with a knowledge of the scriptures so that you can get these people converted to what 's true and not just a tradition and not just a a way of life that you 've adopted, but that they can be uh, they can hear for themselves the message of Jesus Christ and his great love for humanity. And he says then, so full gospel people go further. We go to verse 16. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Who He who believes what? What you preach to him. You got me? It's not just for believers preaching, but those who hear what you preach. man. he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow those that believe in my name then when they start to witness they will cast out devils they shall speak in new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and so the the full gospel then the preaching of the gospel what Jesus told them to do is to go and share or witness or speak the words that he would give them the good news that Jesus Christ has paid the price for your sins we know that that's the one thing that keeps us from the presence of God and so that that uh uh, repentance has to play a major factor in people coming into God's kingdom and understanding the gospel and receiving the full benefit of what God has for them there is no full benefit without a turning of the heart and the mind and confessing of sins you see that when John the Baptist preached he said when people would come when the religious showed up he called them snakes and vipers he said who told you to come and get a fire insurance policy that's pretty much exactly what he was saying and he says who warned you to escape how why are you coming here just to escape the wrath that is to come see the born again Christian life is not just a fire insurance policy against hell. It's to live a holy life while you are here on earth. That's what it's for. It's to to be a child of God and to live empowered by God as a child of God and to live for him and to live with him. And so then when when uh um uh, uh, they out they've began to do this in verse 20 it says and they went forth and preached everywhere the lord working with them confirming the word with signs following so when the word is preached then it's confirmed with signs following and i believe the reason that <clears throat> many the uh uh many times Christians don't preach healing and don't preach deliverance. You know, they're scared of drug addicts. They want people to, they want to witness to people who look like they're already saved almost. You know, instead of going somewhere where people are really hurting or where they're really pained and where they're really, you know, not acceptable and to offer them the new life of Christ. And so many times we don't. Uh, we're hesitant to preach deliverance and healing, and the supernatural. Even those, these are the ministries uh, that they're uh, that are available. For believers and everybody's seen them. Anybody who's got a TV can turn on and see that there's healing out there. Benny Hinn has a healing ministry. Richard Roberts has a healing ministry. There are many other ministries that are popping up. Where they heal the sick and people and, and cast out devils and people are delivered. So people are aware of it. What stops them from preaching it? See what stops them from preaching it? Why is it that we're all... Settled in on just the born again experience and we don't allow people to know that God can help the troubles in their life. That that's that's the thing that we've got to bridge and get over as believers because until we understand that God wants to help hurting humanity right where they are right where you meet them right where they are until we really understand that and really know that there won't be much power and demonstration that God can confirm. I believe most people are not really preaching the gospel by faith. They're preaching it by sight. They're preaching it according to what they've experienced or they're preaching it according to what they know. So they they're trying to get a supernatural occurrence to happen with natural faith. So you've got to if somebody if you come up to somebody and that person is sick You've got to understand that if God sent you to witness to them and you understand healing now I'm not talking about your average Baptist or denominational person but I'm talking about spirit filled Christians and there's tons of us out there. There's, I mean it's so common for people to be uh, spirit filled now you even see Baptist people making fun of speaking in tongues you know these little Tyler Perry shows and all that kind of stuff that are so popular now where they're poking fun at Christians you know religious spirits and all that kind of stuff but but the knowledge of the how to get into the supernatural is so common now that it's even being joked about and laughed at you know as, as though it is common knowledge and And so what we have to understand is that there are many spirit filled people out here. Why are they not empowered and moving in the power of God and letting the Lord demonstrate his power through their words. One thing you need to remember is you are required to preach it and tell it it's not right if somebody is bound in drugs and and depressed and all that kind of stuff that you would just say well if you pray this prayer Jesus will come into your life you have to know that God wants to confirm his word to that person and you must speak that word of deliverance to that person you got to speak that word of healing to that person and you've got to offer prayer to that individual for healing Many times we try to do this in what I call safe environments. You know. And we get rejected there. Like if family members they're, sometimes they are the worst ones that want you to pray for them. You understand what I'm saying. And then sometimes they are very open to it. Once they know you've got the goods they will let you continue to pray for them. But then there's sometimes family members don't want you. Don't want God. Don't want anything. And they think you are trying to hook them into something that they don't want with the prayer. And so you, But you can't let that be the determining factor as to whether you offer the neighbor prayer prayer when they have a heard an or somebody else's prayer when they when they have a need in the household see everywhere that I've ever been and this was before I was in ministry before I was a, a minister you know I always offered prayer to people for different things it never dawned on me not to and I was not really in a church per se where they encourage believers to do anything And this is how you know God's with you in it. You don't need anybody's quote unquote permission to get up and go do it. It's in you already because it came from God. And it came from the, that's the best way to get anything. Now I'm not saying go in somebody's church and upset things because God told you to do things. You know I don't encourage that kind of nonsense. Go out there where people are hurting and do, do do it. to death do as much as of it as you want to do it but all I'm saying is that these these things happen by unction they happen by you understanding God's word and you having faith and confidence that if you go out and you obey the great commission God will be there and he will confirm what you say you must say it and you got to say it in faith so that's why Jesus upbraided them hardness of heart means that you, don't, you want to continue to believe believe the way you're believing if you want to continue to believe that the world's going to hell and nobody wants jesus then that's hardness of heart because that's not what the bible says the bible says the world is ripe to be harvested it is and so you must believe this and you must step out and do these things (coughs) so many times we see that that people when they're witnessing their so-called witnessing They don't expect the word to be confirmed with signs following they add no faith into it they'll stop their faith short at let's get a prayer because there's no confirmation there's no sign to follow all you're doing is having a conversation with somebody and so you can feel like you led somebody to the Lord but what did you lead them to? Did you lead them to the Lord who can solve all of their problems or did you lead them to a Jesus and you can't really tell them what he can do for them? Was there an opportunity to share what Christ can really do to change a person's life and to help them, or did you pass on that and just decide you were going to cut it short because you don't really think it's necessary to talk to people about being delivered or necessary? You know, it's somebody in your family. Do your children need prayer? And as well, so and so's on drugs. Well, Jesus will definitely deliver them from drugs. He has that power. And so, what we need to do is pray for your son and just ask God and and we'll ask God to let you see a difference in it you understand what I'm saying you must do it in a way that God has something coming out of your mouth to confirm he will confirm what you say and you are a witness of these things because if nothing else you read them in the Bible That's a form of witnessing things folks. That's why the Bibles are here for us. (laughs) They are our our proof and our evidence that these things are, are true so when we're hesitant to preach deliverance it's a hardness of heart there because why wouldn't you want people to be delivered why you're there as their deliver. you're the messenger you're the one with the message and you're the one God's counting on to tell Why go in there and tell them everything that I can do go in and tell them this is not for you to tell them quote how much scripture you know but make it relevant to them and tell them what I can do for their situations see so when we're hesitant to preach deliverance healing and supernatural we're we're not really functioning fully in our witness capacity and through the hardness of heart we we can shut our minds to believing and then only tell people about salvation because we figure it's safe because God doesn't have to confirm anything there you know what I'm saying there's no sign of salvation I mean you know people are saved but that's not what he's talking about here so this is not preaching by faith it's preaching by sight. Many people that's what they do. They know they, how to get people saved but because they have not experienced the power of God in healing and deliverance or they've never had an opportunity to see God confirm it they don't ever step out and preach it. Even though sometimes the words are there stuck in the back of your throat and you want to get them out. But there's something that tells you, well, well you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe that's going too far. Maybe that's promising too much. You got me? And so we, we have to really fight that and understand that God makes it so. If faith is very, very easy, folks. Faith is not hard it's a decision that you make to put your confidence in God God why would you send me to the house with all of these sick people if I didn't have a message of healing here for them how can I help these people even if it's the first time you've ever laid hands on somebody you lay hands on them all you got to do is just touch that person in prayer and say well I'm going to pray for you do you mind if I touch you you know we'll just touch and and we'll just pray this prayer together and I'm just going to ask God to heal you you know that kind of thing If you're not comfortable with that, you can just stand there and join hands with that person and pray. Many people will allow you to do that. And so we have to understand that there is a way for us to speak that word into that situation. Speak that word in that person's heart. And God can only confirm what we speak. You've got to get the words out. That's your responsibility. Signs always follow the faith in the word of God when the word is spoken and obeyed signs follow always when I mean spoken in faith you know you know I don't mean that so I mean other than that so faith comes by what we hear you hear the word and then you mix it with your faith you say okay I believe that okay now many times you know in first hearing something this mental wall comes up and challenges what you hear and and you have to be honest with yourself and, and uh, cast that thing down you have to fight to hold on to the word at least for a season and after that word gets planted in there it gets easier and easier to hear that the word is more easily entreated once you start casting down those opposing thoughts or uh, uh, suppose it's not God's will you know that's one thought will come up in everybody's brain you know i know you haven't had it for a while but back in the day that was what everybody was challenged with when it came to the the thought of somebody being healed if you thought about people getting healed instantly It was well he doesn't have to do that just like that they can get you know and you always toning it down tamping it down so that you don't believe for the results of God immediately like you see in the word that Jesus did. You'll see people write papers on it you go on the internet some of the crazy things people write about the word of God they'll write whole papers on why God Jesus doesn't heal people instantly. If you, if you go on there and look for things like healing or faith healer, they've always got some example up there, somebody that kid died because they were in some religion and they didn't want them to take them to a doctor. You know, those things come up first. Why? Because the carnal mind is against this kind of stuff people who do these things are carnal minded people and they're against the supernatural of God and so we have to understand that we're living in a a world that the atmosphere is anti-faith it's anti-supernatural it's anti-God and anti-Christ and so there must be some decision made to hold on to the supernatural of God and always be willing to offer a remedy and a cure for people. You're there to provide a remedy. You're there to provide understanding. You're there to provide the things that God wants to have provided for people. So that he can touch their lives. And make their lives better. He wants to enter the life of every human being on earth. So when we hear the word we got to mix it with faith. You'll have to fight to hold on to it. You'll have to fight to make it real to you. And you're going to have to fight to not give up on it. Even though you may not see it for a while. You have to fight to hold on no matter what happens. You have to obey what you hear. If there's an unction to step out and do certain things you have to obey those things. When faith comes, with it comes the expectation that the word will come to pass. You must expect... The results that Jesus got you've got to you can't expect less and in the atmosphere of faith and the anointing will come the expectation if you open your heart up to the faith of God everything that you need to carry that through is in that package. So you don't have to kind of muster up expectation. It's all, if you stay in the realm of faith, expectation is already there. Because part of faith is expectation. Part of desire is expectation. Part of wanting to help people is expectation that the help will come. So that's the confirmed word. You've got to believe in the confirming of the word with signs following. You've got to, to do that. That's why many times when I, when I go through the scripture I'll meditate. I'll make sure I read the whole passage and the whole get the whole essence of it. Because then you get an understanding of the context in which this was spoken. And then you get the whole picture. You know uh, uh, Mark 16, 17 and 18 we always say it like that but it does go to the end of the chapter and it tells you the end of the story that they went out everywhere they obeyed God and he confirmed the word with sight. well you got to put yourself in that you got to see yourself in that same picture. That if I listen to the word of God and I go preach and I go share Christ with somebody and I tell them the remedy to every single problem that they're having God will confirm that with signs following. Those people will, will get the result and the benefit of my witnessing and of my prayer. And they'll desire to serve God. Who wouldn't want to serve a God to come, come in and one day in one prayer, revolutionize that whole household, turn that whole house upside down. And I think we're cheating ourselves and cheating God if we expect anything less. How dare we diminish the results of God and his preached word. So you got to do these things folks. And, and I'm sharing this with you because I know how sometimes these things can get dormant. You can get kind of every day about what you do for God. And I'm saying that we need to keep ourselves stirred up for the work of the ministry. We really do. Stir yourself up. And don't shut it down. Like Brother Hagin. Remember he used to keep the switch of faith turned on. (laughs) You know he always said that. And, And you know sometimes you think what does that mean? That means stay stirred up to do what God wants you to do. At all times. You know even at your job. Where we're always afraid somebody we're going to have to witness to somebody and risk losing our job. You know, those ideas lurk in the back of your head. You got to get yourself free from that kind of stuff. Free yourself up so that you can do what God has called you to do. So. The witness. I want to define witness for you, so you get a good understanding of of what you're doing, who you are, what you're doing, and that's someone who has or claims to have, or is thought by someone in authority to have, some type of testimony, and have knowledge relevant to an event or an oth- or other matter of interest. So if you're a witness, you're somebody who has or claims to have or is thought by somebody in authority that you have something relevant. You got me? So witness has to be you got to go in there with something relevant to where those people are living right now. It's got to you got to click in there. It's got to match in there. You've got to. You know what I'm saying? And so if God sends you as a witness, that means that he knows he's the one in authority and you're the one he's sending. He's compelling you to go and share something that's relevant to their situation. So you don't have to know what kind of problem is, is going. You don't have to know their situation. You don't have to know any of that stuff. All you have to do is know that somebody in authority feels that you have something relevant to say to their situation. So know that you're equipped. Believe for the gifts of the spirit. For the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. Sometimes people may not tell you what their needs are and you'll say well before we part can I have a word of prayer with you. Oh God taught me that when years ago. I mean, when I was a baby new Christian, and I do it now. Nobody ever calls my house that I don't pray with them before I get off the phone. I mean, seriously. Before we part, can we have a word of prayer together? You mind if I pray with you before we? I just feel like God may want to, to you know, do something here. You got me. And so, if you, if you, and just make it normal. Don't make it like. You know where you better pray or get offended, come on folks, let's get real now. this you're dealing with people many times who have been very disappointed in life they're, they're they have a lot of upsets in life things are life didn't go exactly the the way they want it for like one situation some people have no situations in their lives that are working very discouraging lives some people have, and so God has set us there. To be relevant, he set us there so that we can can uh, encourage people. We can see results. We can speak the word into that situation with confidence and faith. Let that that be there. The, the uh, witness also provides testimonial evidence, testimonial evidence, either oral or written, of what he or she knows or claims to know about the matter and we are declaring these things before some official who is authorized to take such testimony or hear such testimony so that official is the Holy Spirit he always is authorized to hear he witnesses between you and that person you're witnessing to. He is the authority that hears what you say and he says, hmm. Well, they're down here getting to the meat of things with this conversation. I better follow this word and confirm it with signs following. Got me? So he's the official authorized to take your testimony. He takes it, he confirms it, he continues to hover over that situation and move in the life of those people. You may not even ever hear of it, and that's the other part of faith. Boy, you've got to trust God that he's not up to foolishness in your life. He's not sending you somewhere to do something that's not meaningful. You've really got to trust him in these things. And so when we go out as witnesses, we need to understand that that's what we're doing we're we're sharing something we're sharing testimony that perhaps these people may have heard something like this before or maybe they have heard it in a way where nobody's really made it relevant to them and to their situation and so sometimes people you know you get these people say oh yeah I'm, i'm familiar with that and i watch christian television but they do it in a passive way it needs to be brought to them in a way that they can receive it for themselves make it personal for them that's what the witness does he makes it personal to that situation some witnesses can add things in there or or have some input that that god will will uh turn the conversation for you to put certain things into it that only you have privy to some witnesses have inside information so to speak or they have uh, extra information or they have information in specific ways there are things that are called expert witnesses those people specialize they have specialized knowledge in things Benny Hinn uh, Richard Roberts expert witnesses in the healing ministry you got me so they're, they're known for that and so what they tell you about healing you can usually take it to the bank if you'll follow what they tell you you'll be able to uh, understand healing to a great deal because they've devoted themselves uh, to specializing in that <clears throat> A hearsay testimony is something where a person testifies what somebody else has said. And that's usually not admissible. You hmm? Yeah, we see that in the courtroom drama. So so and so, uh, you know, object honors hearsay, oh okay, objection sustained, you know, shut up, don't say that. <laughs> They're just glad to have it in the have it said because once words are said, they have a, a tendency to be remembered got me so sometimes it is a trick of the the uh, defense or whoever it is to have people say certain things that they that are not really relevant because they didn't hear it got me but your best testimony comes through what you hear you can't tell people about a Jesus you don't know personally only your grandmother knows or your mother knows or your brother knows or somebody else knows. You've got to tell them about the God that you know personally. So that's your best witness. The faith that you have on your words is your evidence. Faith is evidence. And it's substance. The Bible says that. Amen. It's a substance of things hoped for. Evidence. Of things not seen. People are always looking for something to, to uh, strengthen their faith. will get more word. But that word is your evidence. So in your witnessing you're providing testimony about something that you know. It doesn't matter if you personally experienced it. And that's the good thing about the gospel you can have experienced some things about the gospel and preach in faith for the ones that you haven't experienced for instance if you've never cast a devil out of somebody you know that God has the power to do that preach deliverance to people. Tell them that God can set them free. Whatever it is it's keeping them down. He can set them free from that. You know now we've got all these people with all these addictions. They talk about addictions are growing. They're addicted to this and addicted to that. as though there's some helpless victim that can't make a decision not to do certain things. You got me? And so these people are bound by uh, a habit slothful and lazy don't want to take responsibility for it and then society condones it by calling it a disease or calling it an addiction and this is crazy these people aren't addicted to anything they just need to be delivered they just need to be delivered just need to hear a word that says you know what Jesus died for you not to have to be a slave to that you start using words that people detest like slave You know, and and bound and helpless. You know, don't you want to be empowered? God empowers you to say no to these things. He empowers you to live free from these things. You don't have to live like this. And so just the simple faith in God's word, just a simple believing it doesn't really uh have to to uh do anything uh to to uh make a difference you know uh immediately but just knowing that god has the power to do these things is a great benefit to people so i'm going to see if i can find my okay let's see if we can get that okay let's see you if... <laughs> keep saying okay okay uh Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, I had all my little stuff saved here. Mm-hmm. 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 Call up my little page here I have some examples uh, to read to you um, that I thought were very very interesting uh, because these things were um, uh, that I found were kind of interesting um, because it it, uh, gives an idea of how simple the gospel is and how simply people have received faith in the word and confidence in the word uh and it doesn't have to be the preached word sometimes it's words that um uh come by way of tradition or or that kind of stuff so praise the lord i just had my page here what i do with it ah here we go all right so <clears throat> uh, this is information i found i'd read these stories before but i thought i would find this get a history on it because it's very very important to to for believers to understand how simple the gospel is and how simple it is to follow uh and allow god to come through with signs following so this is a, a um some information that i have on what they call The king's touch. Let me see if I can find this thing here. Let's see. Ah here it is. Um, The king's touch. There was a disease that was commonly called the king's evil. And it was really a form of tuberculosis that left large boils on a person's neck. And it was thought that because there was a history of of, uh, some of the kings uh, of England and of France being able to cure people with these diseases they said that they named it the king's evil because only the king could remove it with his touch. So I'll read what, what I have here. It says it's any variety of skin diseases in particular a form of tuberculosis affecting the lymph glands of the neck. In adults it's caused by microbacterium tuberculosis blah 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 you don't need to know that. In the Middle Ages it was believed that royal touch the touch of the sovereign of England or France could cure diseases due to the d- divine right of sovereigns. Now you all know that's. That was something that was thought. Uh, it was thought really traditionally. That kings derive their power straight from God. And so in 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 a sense that's true. But they don't have power. The power and authority comes from God. But the way they use it. You know they don't use it in a godly way all the time. But this was one of the, the positive ways that that was thought. So first of all when you think about. Somebody having uh, power and authority, it must come from a legitimate source of authority. And so, because they felt that their 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 uh, power derived directly from God, they felt they had the power to heal as well. Okay, this uh, disease was therefore also known as the King's Evil. From 1633, the Book of Common Prayer of the Anglican Church contained a ceremony for this. And it was traditional for the monarch, king or queen, to present the, to the touched person a coin, usually an angel, a gold coin, the value of which varied from about 6 to 10 shillings. In England this practice continued until the early 18th century. King Henry IV of France is reported as often touching healing as many as 1,500 individuals at a time. Queen Anne touched the infant Samuel Johnson in Samuel Johnson the writer in seventeen twelve. But King George I put an end to the practice as being quote unquote too Catholic. You got me? In England they'd have, you know, somebody take somebody to the tower and they'd be a they'd be a Protestant country tomorrow and Catholic the next day. That's why in in uh, Ireland there's been such conflict and confusion. This started in England. <laughs> Every other weekend they were a different religion. In those days who whatever religion the king had everybody had to have it. That's why this country was founded. They said we have no right for the, the um, uh, government to dictate one religion that everybody must follow. This freedom of religion. Not from religion. Of course I don't want religion either. But I want the freedom to choose the God I want to serve. So the kings of France continued this custom until Louis the Fifteenth stopped it in the 18th century. Though it was briefly revived to universal uh, derision in 1825. So by the 1800s um, um, the practice had diminished and got to be nothing. You see what happens with faith? When it's being exercised it's always fought. And it's always attacked, and it's always maligned. But it, it is said that these kings actually practiced that against this one particular disease. Think what would have happened if they applied it to all diseases. You got me. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's just uh, just the way way things are. But that was the history of the king's touch. So let me find you this other example that I had. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go there. Trying to load up this other other page. Marks, where are you? Let's see if this one's it. I think this is the one. oh yeah 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 this is it okay now this is another uh, example of some information on the king's touch it says while king charles ii was traveling in his carriage along with an entourage of escorts and followers the carriage broke down well sometimes if your entourage is too big <laughs> you just need a bigger carriage is all I can say I don't know why they didn't have Escalade but his brother just didn't have it right transportation says as the king was alighting from the carriage the hem of his garment accidentally touched a man with a horrible skin condition within two days the skin was totally healed word got around and eventually back to king charles that the king possessed the healing touch Many sick people petitioned the king to touch them and he obliged healing approximately 4,000 people a year. Accidentally wrote this guy and the guy's got a bad skin condition. They probably said it's just like the woman with the issue of blood. He's all messed up and ugly looking and not supposed to be there. He probably got rebuked for being around there and then they watched him you see how God has things worked out I mean he's so merciful it just blows my mind sometimes how easy and then we're commanded as believers to go and do this and I think we need to spend more time believing who we are You know these kings are raised to believe their royalty they're raised to believe it's all in your identity folks and what your identity entitles you to possess. Because many people go off on the works end to uh, more study more prayer more fasting more 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 with a the more you try to get into works the sadder your identity is the more fractured your identity is need to get to the root of it who am I really. And God, if I don't believe who I am, convince me. And be, be one who wants to be convinced of who you really are. It says, 4,000 people a year. However, the king tired of this outlandish eccentricity and appointed by decree a royal stroker. <laughs> Who had an official letter from the king bestowing the royal touch onto the stroker. So don't we have that? Haven't we been been given? Isn't this what Mark 16 said? We're royal strokers folks. We have authentic letter from God saying that we are empowered to do these things. Several strokers were appointed over time. And they would go down long lines of sick people with a variety of illnesses. So it looks like the more he delegated, the broader range of abilities came forth. That's why Jesus said greater works. Didn't he say that? So the more he delegates to his believers, the more believers are out here empowered, the greater the works can get. Hallelujah. Amen. Several strokers were appointed over time and they would go down long lines of sick people with a variety of illnesses. Touching them one by one and stretching the brain and beliefs into the epiphanies of divine healing. So it's what they think is going on. They ain't stretching nothing. God's confirming his word folks. One stroker, a man by the name of Valentine was particularly effective. Because so many of the patients smelled... Were covered with sores and other vulgar deformities. He chose to touch them with a feather. The results were the same. Faith knows no limitations. Faith will just do it because you are exercising faith in what God in God's command to do these things. The results were the same. He would treat or stroke hundreds of people a day by simply and literally running down long lines of very sickly ill affected men and women and simply stroking them with a feather and spreading the contagious magic of healing. King Edward, England's King Edward the Confessor, also touched hundreds of subjects, who also reported remissions and healing of a wide range of physical maladies and illnesses. Touching is an essential part of human. Well he's saying human nurturing. Now, this is written by you know a secular person, but he's gonna in a while try to discredit this. But anyway, touching part uh, is an essential part of human nurturing. We know that from birth onward, and results ah, come back, here you, and results in the what does this say results in the brain or something like that, oh yeah, the brain releasing a cascade of neurotransmitters, you know s- secular people are always going to try and do that, yeah, so uh. <coughs> Yeah I think that's the end of what he had on the king's touch. But isn't that interesting how people can just receive. Now they receive this because they're royalty. And I think that's very important concept. Because you are not that same little person that Jesus found years ago and saved you you've been elevated you've been elevated in this earth you're elevated in the spirit you're elevated you let you stand on a much higher level now see that never goes over real big because people are intent and holding on to the pathetic little shell that we've been you know before the Lord found us instead of growing into the stature of Christ we're, we're not supposed to stay there folks we're to grow into the full stature of Christ through the word through understanding who we are through our meditations with God through our identity in God through understanding who we are and, and what God has done in us you know faith cannot be purchased that that wasn't a purchase that those people were doing. You can see it's delegated and it must be acted upon. All those people did was heard the instruction of the king and they followed his instructions. We have a king over us. Do we follow his instructions the way these people did? I mean this one guy got to be so cool. You know he was just a servant. But he thought to himself hmm I don't want to stick my hands on these people. Let me try a feather. And the feather worked. Let me try some long distance. Let me send a prayer cloth. Let me do. You understand what I'm saying? And they work because the power's there. Even when we have the power of God, the anointing imparted to us, it's still got to be obeyed. It can't just lie there, and you've got to act on it. What happened with these people with the king's touches? You see them acting on what they've been told is they're supposed to do. This is a, a role that you're expected to fulfill. So there must be an intent in your faith. You've got to have the intention of seeing people healed. You've got to see the intention of God confirming his word with signs Follow. You've got to see people come to church. You've got to see people's lives change. You've got to see people responding to what you are telling them the spirit of god works with faith not people he's no respecter of persons he could care who it is believing him if he if he worked with the king he worked with the strokers when the stroker got tired of touching people he worked with the stroker's feather why because there was faith in that feather working you got me I wouldn't doubt that the Holy Spirit told him. Holy Spirit doesn't care if you don't want to touch people as long as he can heal them. Do something. Give him something to work with. So the Spirit of God works with faith not people. There was a divine mandate on those kings. They believed that they were divinely appointed by God to do everything that they were doing. And why should that exclude doing good? They there were the instruments of those people for good. God's instruments in their lives for good. So believers we pray for what we want. Why not pray to God to connect us with people who need healing. Connect us with people who need deliverance. Connect us with people who need salvation. You got me? Connect us so that we can, can do what needs to be done for these people. The early church did go out and preach everywhere. The Lord we know confirming his word like it says in verse 20 with signs following. To empower themselves though they were daily under the apostles doctrine and prayer. In other words they were under the words spoken. You've got to be under words that are spoken to give you the power and the authority. And that's what built them up so they could go out everywhere and they carried out the apostles words so that they were able to go into a meeting and go out charged up. We can do the same thing. You can meet with God any time of the day or night. You can listen to healing tapes that we've had, healing schools. And they they stir me up. And that's my own voice. I don't even like to listen to myself per se. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it's kind of like, oh boy, who is, you know what I'm saying. It just has that effect sometimes. So you get beyond that. And you you, zero in on the message, the anointing. And you can be stirred to the point where you're ready to, to accomplish what God wants, it's it's the same principle. To be daily under the word, under the right doctrine, under the not somebody that that's popular, but get under the stuff that that has built your foundation and keep that strong and keep that solidified. You know, you you've got to do these things, folks, because if you're looking for something, you need to get. Shored up what you've got already. You know, is sometimes what somebody has. I know that some of these people are good preachers. I'm not saying they're not, but you know, it's like buying bricks. And you know, I'll I'll have uh, some repair sometime around the house, and I can look at. I said, where did we get these stones from, or where did we get this wood from, or something like that. I got to go get some more, so it'll match you know sometimes certain things don't match on the inside of you you got me and so you got to keep the the foundation that God has you under keep that shored up and keep it strengthened if it if it means tearing something down that's usually not God God knows what he's doing in your life give him that kind of respect and that kind of reverence let him build and strengthen what you've got going on already and solidify that so that it'll it gets stronger and I'm telling you, you can, you can go a long way on healing scriptures and healing understanding. You, it can take you very, very far to, to getting to the place where you can just, within your witnessing to people Everywhere always put enough word out there so that God can confirm it and and he can work with those needs and issues that people have you've got to have that folks you've got to be relevant you've got to understand that God has handpicked you and sent you out to do these things because the world's ripe for harvesting they need God and we're the ones to bring God to people amen alright well Father in Heaven we thank you for your word for understanding and for stirring us Up, Lord, that we do have something. We have something to offer. We have something to give. And so we thank you, Lord. We bless you and we praise you. We magnify you. We lift you up because you're worthy to be praised and adored. And we love you, Lord. We thank you for honoring us to be your servants this day, honoring us to be able to go forward and preach your word with demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. That you confirm it with signs following. We thank you for that, Father. We bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Praise God. If you need prayer, come on up.